The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Free agency frenzy takes over Chicago as the Bears sign a couple players and lose a couple more. And I go to the mailbag to answer a couple of Bears offseason questions. It's all coming at you on this episode of Bear With Me. Hello and welcome everybody to this episode of Bear With Me, a news-based podcast where I, Robert Schmitz, bring you the latest news of the Bears and various thoughts and opinions surrounding the offseason. I'm part of the Windy City Gridiron podcasting brand with Lester Wiltfong at T-Formation Conversation and Jeff Breckis and EJ Snyder over at Bears Over Beers. They're doing phenomenal work. You gotta go check them out. And I'm excited to bring you the news tonight, which is, uh, it's a pretty late night right now, 11.09 p.m., so excuse me if I sound a little bit tired, but we've got some Bears stuff to talk about because the Bears came alive fairly late. Without any further ado, let's get into it. So first things first, I'll catch you up on who the Bears did sign so that as we analyze it later, you're aware of what's going on. We signed former Seattle running back Mike Davis to a two-year, $3 million per year contract with a max incentive bonus of $7 million. Now, I need to dive into the film to get a better understanding of who this guy is, but he comes across to me as sort of a Mark Ingram light, a power back by nature, and by that it means he hits hard and he runs fairly fast, but not wildly fast. He's not super elusive, likes to run through people, and he's good at catching dump-off passes, but not particularly skilled at running routes. This isn't a bad thing. Most of the time, running backs are either true runners or they're speed runners, as well as, you know, pass catchers, much like Cohen. This guy's more of the former. Think Jordan Howard, but faster. I think he fits Nagy's offense a little bit better, but we'll get into that later. Next up, we've got Buster Scrine, the quote-unquote big signing of the day, even though the Bears' losses were probably bigger than their actual signings. Scrine signed a three-year deal, $5.5 million year per average, $16.5 million total, with 8.5 guaranteed and a cap hit of $4 million in year two, so realistically, this is probably a two-year deal. The guy's got mixed reviews when he played on the Jets. He was a beast when he was on Cleveland. At that point, he was an outside corner, shifted to the Jets, and kind of depreciated. He's a physical corner, commits a fair amount of penalties. I believe last year he committed one less than Amukamura. It's either one less or one more. Again, I'm doing this all pretty quickly from details that I learned about two hours ago. 
But what we do know, and frankly, it's pretty clear to see, is that Buster Scrine is not as talented as Bryce Callahan is from the nickel position. The question is, how much less talented is Scrine than Callahan, and will it make a noticeable impact on this Bears defense? Based on what I understand in a tweet that I saw from Benjamin Albright, it sounds as if six, no less than six teams, are in on Bryce Callahan right now, and Adrian Amos is building up a sizable market for himself in his own right, so I tend to get the impression that Buster Scrine signing at about $5.5 million per year, like we talked about, was the kind of signing that shows that Callahan had priced himself out of the Bears market. This can't be that surprising. The Bears' cap situation is fairly tight in general. I mean, for crying out loud, the Bears converted $3 million of Goldman's cap this year just to sign more players. So when one player like Callahan or Amos starts to approach that 7 or 8 or 9 or $10 million region, they're just too expensive for us to hold on to, especially compared to what they mean to the defense. I might have signed Bryce Callahan for that, but at the end of the day, Pace went with Scrine, and while I don't necessarily agree with it, I'm willing to let it play out. It all depends on what Callahan's able to get on the market. If Bryce Callahan gets a $10 million deal, I will be much happier with the Scrine situation. On the other hand, if Callahan sides for $7.5 million, which I doubt, but if he does, I would have absolutely preferred Callahan for that extra $2 million. We'll have to see how this all plays out, because based on what we saw today, safeties and defensive backs are just blowing up the market. Defensive backs everywhere are getting crazy paid. Landed Collins out of New York got six years and $84 million. Tyran Matthew, also known as the Honey Badger, got three years and $42 million. LaMarcus Joyner, formerly from the Rams, earned himself four years at $10.5 million per year. I mean, goodness, these guys are just blowing up the market. It makes Amos, who to my understanding was widely sought after at the Combine, look like he's going to get himself paid. And Callahan, based on that Albright tweet I mentioned earlier, wouldn't surprise me as well. I tend to think these Bears guys, as much as we love them, as much as they meant to this 2018 seam, just priced themselves out of our market. We're still going to need a safety, and that could come in the next few days. For those who don't know, a very strange thing happened in this offseason this year where it felt like every single team cut their strong safety. A couple cut their free safety, but in general, we had about 10 solid safeties hit the market. That's a general guesstimate. It's probably somewhere between 7 and 11, but a lot of safeties hit the market. This gives me the impression that the Bears should be able to lay low and pick up a safety for generally cheap. A lot of the safeties still out there are very talented and frankly deserving of a lot more money than they may get, but just due to supply and demand, I tend to think plenty of them are going to end up underpaid. And I wouldn't mind for one of those to go to the Bears for a one-year mercenary-type deal, freeing up room for the Bears to target somebody else, like Justin Houston, an expensive third outside linebacker or another star. I hope they don't go after Le'Veon Bell, though that was rumored earlier today that basically the Bears were targeting what felt like every running back, but we did end up signing Mike Davis, and we talked about him a little bit earlier. Another name to keep your eye on if you are looking for a safety is Tashawn Gibson. The guy's a good player, should be able to be signed for relatively cheap. I think he'd be a solid fit on the Bears, and I've heard a lot about him from my other compatriots. I haven't watched him personally, but 
any relatively cheaper safety option that's able to plug the hole that Amos is going to leave is nice in my book, and it sounds like this Gibson guy is exactly that. Justin Houston, like I mentioned earlier, could potentially be in play because I think the Bears are absolutely going to need a third outside linebacker. I don't expect Lynch to come back. He actually played quite well and is a Fangio guy, so I'm expecting him to go to Denver or for somebody else to have, well, let's say he caught their eye and they like him a lot, so they pay him pretty well, uh, which would play in great to the Bears' compensatory pick situation, but we'll get there, maybe. Either way, I think the Bears are looking for that third outside linebacker. I don't know if they've found him just yet. Cameron Wake is another name to watch. Shane Ray. Uh, There are plenty of outside linebackers out there, but as free agency settles down, we'll have to keep our eyes open. I've gotten the impression, because the Bears converted Goldman's salary, that they've got something lined up in the weeds. I don't know what it is, it's all lurking beneath the surface, but if the Bears did make a big splash signing somebody like Justin Houston to a one- or two-year deal, I wouldn't be surprised. They seem to be freeing up a lot of cap, and they've still got $8 million that they could free up in max money. Uh, By the way, they would do that by converting his base salary from about $20 million down to less. They'd turn that into a signing bonus, spread it out across the rest of his deal, and give us that $8 million right now, which could be used to sign a fish like Justin Houston for a short-term deal. I don't know. We'll have to see how it all goes, because free agency's been pretty crazy, and the money doled out has been absolutely ridiculous. It's frankly made a lot of Ryan Pace's deals look utterly fantastic. We've got guys like Jawan James, a right tackle, signing a four-year, $52 million deal with $32 million guaranteed. He signed that with the Broncos. Bobby Hart, who if you've never heard of him, neither had I, signed a three-year, $21 million deal to play tackle for the Bengals. And here's a quote that should describe relatively who this guy is. According to Pro Football Focus, whatever you think of them, out of the 85 offensive tackles that took 20% of their team's snaps, Bobby Hart graded out as the 73rd best offensive tackle in the NFL. That guy got $7 million a year. Just as comparison, the Bears' Bobby Massey, a relatively reliable tackle in his own right, signed a four-year, $30 million deal with a low hit this year that gave the Bears flexibility going into this 2019 free agency. Now, I don't want to play the comparison game, but I'm going to. Bobby Massey's a much better tackle than this Bobby Hart guy. But even so, he was able to take less money partially because he wanted to stay on the Bears. Whatever Pace is doing, it's working really, really well. You take a look at some of the receiver deals that Pace was able to lock down, the players that he was able to get, and frankly, it's a little surprising he was able to get the value he did last year, especially when compared just to the receivers we've got this year in free agency. Devin Funchess, a guy who caught 549 yards, that's it, in 2018, got one year for $13 million. Jamison Crowder from the Redskins got three years for $28.5 million. To compare that, 25-year-old Allen Robinson, who is a $14 million man over the next three years, just a little bit more than Funchess's deal, and he produced plenty more than that with the Bears catching 745-ish yards in what was considered a quote-unquote down year for Robinson. 
Also, compared to the Crowder deal, Gabriel's deal, being at about $26-ish million, uh, looks a lot better, I think, than Crowder's deal, which puts him at approximately $9-ish million a year, 9.5, something like that. Yeah, Pace has done a great job structuring these deals. Even Max deal, roughly $22 million for an utterly generational player per year, looks great when you compare him to Trey Flowers, the defensive end of the year, who's getting $17 million for Detroit per year. Over, I think, four years, though, don't quote me on that, a lot of this information isn't locked in or solidified. It's just generally thrown around in this free negotiating period that's been happening over the last 12 hours or so. But yeah, to wrap this thing up for the Bears, this first day of free agency negotiating, I get the impression that the Bears have plenty more to do. They kind of need to, because all they've got so far is what I think looks like a third running back in a four running back committee and a nickel corner who is a bit of a step back from Callahan, though hopefully he can be less than half the production of Callahan, which is what I expect his deal to reflect. Again, I'm expecting Callahan to get about 8 to $10 million, Scrine on the other hand being paid 5.5. All you're hoping is that Scrine can provide consistent production while we train up a rookie to take that nickel corner spot that is so important. Don't be surprised if we sign a guy like Spencer Ware or TJ Yeldon to also join the running back room. Another name that I've heard plenty of folks throw around is Cotterell Patterson, who's an explosive play machine and would slot in well for Bellamy, who, by the way, the Bears unfortunately lost to the Jets. He signed a two-year, $7 million deal, and good for him. He's been a great Bear over the last couple of years. Yes, he had that horrible run where he dropped all those Barkley passes, but it's been great having him on special teams. He's apparently been a really wonderful leader to not only Tariq Cohen and Anthony Miller, but plenty of the other teammates around. A really great glue guy. I wish we could have re-signed him, but the Jets offered him just more than we could match. To replace him, if we did bring in Patterson, who I expect we could get for relatively cheap off of New England, maybe not crazy cheap, but you get the idea, Patterson would bring his patented explosion and quick playability as he's able to potentially turn any play into a home run. Think Percy Harvin, but less crazy. At least that's the idea. He'd be one that we could look at, but we'll have to see how it all plays out. It's ultimately Pace's decision. I'm just expecting at least one outside linebacker, probably a safety, and a lot more clarity on where we're going with the draft. So that's my Monday evening take on the Bears free agency so far. Uh, not a lot of highs, uh, certainly some expectable lows. Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan leaving probably for more money than we ever expected them to get, but a whole lot of wait and see to be expected. And in the meantime, I took to Twitter to ask you, the fans, some questions that you'd like me to ask on the air for this week's Bear With Me, and you guys delivered with some crackers. So to start out, Grizzly Savage, that's Grizzly underscore Savage, asks, Would you trade this year's fourth and one of the second round picks next year to move up to the second to get Daryl Henderson, similar to the trade last year for Miller? Me personally, this year, if Mike Davis is the last running back that we plan on signing from free agency, I would consider doing this. Daryl Henderson in particular showed massive athletic burst not only at Memphis but at the Combine, and he seems like exactly the kind of back that Nat Nagy would like to have. A very Kareem Hunt-esque back who can catch uh, passes out of the backfield and turn them into home run shots, but also runs well not only between the tackles but on the outside. 
to be perfectly honest, a lot of draft nicking and scouting college running backs is something that I don't plan on doing and I don't really have time to do. So instead, I'll just defer to EJ Snyder eventually and say that there are plenty of running back recruits that would be available in the second that would fit the Matt Nagy mold. Uh, but I don't know their names at the moment. I would consider doing this trade, though, if Mike Davis is all we get. We'd end up having a shot at a stud just like Miller who'd have a little bit of extra time to develop in the offense and in his 2020 year where he would theoretically get picked with that 2020 second round pick, he'd already be one more year into the offense much like Miller who was a way better 2018 pick than he was a 2019 pick based on the trading. Next up, Elliot West asked me a lighter question, which is my favorite Bears uniform? And I gotta be honest folks, I've got a pretty strange choice for this answer. So if you put a gun to my head and said, which is your favorite Bears uniform? I'd probably tell you that it's the basic navy, orange letters, not the throwback, but with the white pants. But secretly, the uniform that I wish we'd wear more is what I call the polar bear. The white and the white and the blue helmet. Uh, I love that uniform. I don't know. It reminds me of University of Texas, which is a school Baylor plays, and they look phenomenal, as do many college teams when they wear their all-white uniform, and I personally always liked watching the Bears run around with that blue belt, white pants. Generally, they'd wear white cleats, but you didn't always get everybody to buy in on that, and their blue helmet rocking the navy in orange and white. I like it a lot. I think it's different and interesting. It has kind of a color rush feel, so I understand if not everybody's going to agree with me. But feel free to comment or tweet back at me what your favorite Bears uniform is, because I'm actually curious whether I'm the only one who likes the polar bear. And what do you guys think of the orange? Because I think it's a little strange. But anyways, we'll move on. Mick Fuller asks, Seems Nagy prefers different abilities from players in his offense. Is this true? I started wondering with Jordan Howard when the Eagles showed interest in signing him in Kansas City signed Carlos Hyde. So based on what I've seen, Matt Nagy absolutely wants different qualities of offensive players inside of his offense. If he could clone Taylor Gabriel three times, I don't think he would. If he could get three of Anthony Miller, I don't think he would. If he could get three of Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, any of them, and just populate a team with one type of offensive talent... I don't think he'd want that. I think he wants the varied bag. I think he wants crisp route running from his tight end, but also a big guy like Adam Shaheen that can mow somebody over. I think he wants that high uh, go-up-and-get-it guy like Allen Robinson that can also run routes and run somebody over after a nice yak catch over the middle. I think he wants smart guys like Anthony Miller that are able to read a defense as well as talented speedy guys like Taylor Gabriel that are able to take the top off of a defense. Versatility is the name of the game. The idea is that if the Bears lined up Allen Robinson at halfback, he'd generally know what he was doing. Or if we flexed Tariq Cohen out into a wide receiver position, he'd be able to run a route without any trouble. And you frankly see a lot of that in particular. Tariq Cohen moving to wide receiver and taking advantage of a matchup for big, big yards. Whether it's a wheel route or a go route, I know I watched one the other day uh, against the Giants game where Mitch lofts up and frankly kind of underthrows a go route that Tariq has absolutely burned somebody on, but Cohen comes back for the ball anyways, makes a great play, yada, 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 Tariq Cohen's great, you all know that. But yeah, versatility is the name of the game in this Nagy offense. It's part of what makes the smoke and mirrors, the razzle-dazzle show work so well, is that any threat is a real threat. Taylor Gabriel is a real threat to take a handoff and run the other direction, which is why you also have to honor Jordan Howard, who might take the ball up the middle, or whatever other running back that we end up playing. 
Tariq Cohen is an equal threat at receiver as he is in the halfback position, and he might run it up the middle, or he'll run it on a stretch handoff, or he'll take a pitch the other direction, or he will take a reverse from Taylor Gabriel to throw into the end zone to Anthony Miller for a touchdown. You get the idea. There's a lot of options. That's the entire name of the game. Options, 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 versatility, different skill sets. It's frankly part of why I think Jordan Howard is sort of a poor fit in this Chicago offense is because he's generally really good at one thing, taking an outside handoff and running with it. Breaking tackles, he really struggled with that this last year. Breakaway speed isn't the name of his game. It's picking the right hole, running into it, and getting the most yardage you can. I think that we need a little bit more out of our running back position, which is part of why I think we move on to him. But feel free to talk to me and tell me what you think. What do you guys think we need? But anyways, I, I know we've all beaten the Howard point to death, so I'll move on from that. Now, our final question of the evening is certainly an interesting one. Bill Zimmerman asks, if Kylie Fitz was able to go in an endless edge of tomorrow or Groundhog Day type time loop and he practiced football every day, would he ever actually become a good NFL edge? Now, the answer to this one is a little bit complicated. See, I went to film because I needed to know. I know that Kylie Fitz, for those who don't know, is an honorary member of Club Trillion in every single game that he produced, which is a basketball term to mean he entered the game, he did absolutely nothing, he did not show up on the stat sheet, and he ends up with one minute played and zeros the whole rest of the way across the box score. Club Trillion. And as I started watching him, I realized that he looked like he was doing a lot. Frankly, he looked like he should have a whole bunch of statistics. Number 47, now don't finish the story for those of you who know who 47 is, uh, looked like he was really tearing it up. He had some solid pass rush moves. He was getting some sound playing time. He generally seemed to be making an impact on the field. I mean, at least kind of. He had room to improve, of course, but he was there. And then it hit me. 47 isn't Kylie Fitz. 47 is Isaiah Irving, and I had not yet seen Kylie Fitz hit the field. And then I went and found him, and he wasn't very good. Really not at all. He doesn't seem like he quite has the frame for NFL action. He's not quick enough off the ball. I mean, pretty basic six-round pick washout kind of stuff, you know, but I don't think that it's a practice issue for Fitz. I think it's a lot more than that. Could be his ankle. Who knows? Maybe he'll turn a corner, but... Most of the time, GMs are going to miss on the occasional pick. And with a draft that includes Roquan Smith, Anthony Miller, James Daniels, Bilal Nichols, and Javon Wims, I think we got enough out of that 2018 haul to justify a Kylie Fitz, we'll call it a miss. Obviously, he's got two more years because we try to give draft picks their customary three years to really evaluate them. But I don't know if he's going to get a whole lot better. And folks, that about wraps up this free agency frenzy edition of Bear With Me. I hope you had a great time listening to it. I certainly had a great time making it. And if you would be so kind, feel free to pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave this show a five-star review. You're going to see it on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. Whether you write a written review or just plop that five stars or, frankly, whatever star you think I earn, uh, these ratings are great. They help us get this message out to Bears fans, find other Bears fans all across the world. 
I know you'd be surprised at how many downloads we actually do get from outside the United States. It's crazy to me to know that there are all you Bears fans out there listening from England and wherever else you are in the world. It's great to see you. We're glad to have you on board. But yeah, every review helps. Let's me know what I could do better. Let's me know how best to fit you. I'm Robert Schmitz. So glad to have brought you this free agency frenzy edition of Bear With Me. You can find me on Twitter at at Robert K. Schmitz. That's at R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. I'm constantly trying to put out videos and threads of various things going on, analytics of different plays and players and how they fit into the Bears. And no doubt in this coming week, I'll be diving into our new Bears free agents, Mike Davis and Buster Grind, to figure out what value they do or don't bring to the now Super Bowl push 2019 contending Chicago Bears. I'm Robert Schmitz, and as always, Bear down, and thanks so much for bearing with me.